This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is Rugby, Rugby Weekly. Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly ahead of the final round of regular season fixtures in the URC. Kieran Kennedy here and I'm joined by the 42's Murray Kinsley. How are things Murray? Good. I'm kind of baffled that we're at like nearly at the end of the season. I think because the World Cup still to come after it, it doesn't feel like this late in the season if it, if it makes sense. But it is and there's more massive uh, games this weekend so I'm buzzing. How are you getting on? Yeah good. The same. The kind of the World Cup distorts the whole season really and then I'm heading down to the start of the Munster Hurling Championship on Sunday as well, which just moves like it comes earlier and earlier each year. But look, it's a weekend full of sports, so I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, we're going to get to those URC games in a moment, but just first off, some some really disappointing news from Wales last night. Josh Navidi forced to announce his immediate retirement from rugby because of a neck injury. So, injured playing for Wales against South Africa in July of last year and hasn't played any rugby since. He retires with... 33 test caps, toured with the Lions in 2021, a Grand Slam winner, three Six Nations titles. Murray, it's just a shame to see someone forced into retirement. It is. It always is sad, poignant, tough to to watch and a reminder of how dangerous rugby is and how much toll it takes on people's bodies, even the ones who get through without being forced to retire a little bit early. So it is a reminder of all those things and... I don't know, there seems to be a, a lot of it happening at the moment. Interestingly, we're probably seeing some guys make the decision themselves as well before they get a, a big injury or coming to the end of a contract and not maybe as interested now in scrabbling around to find something else. We've seen a bit of it recently, even you look at someone like Stuart Hogg, who certainly could have played on, the likes of Geordie Murphy and a, and a few others who I'm sure could have got something somewhere else, but they've decided to move on with their lives in a different way. And, and that's an interesting trend recently. I don't know whether it'll continue that way and we'll see more and more of it, whether it's around the squeeze being caused by so many good young players coming through in, in Ireland and elsewhere. Um, but the injury ones are always tough to read about. I actually caught up with Charlie Ryan this week, the Leinster Ireland under-20s lock who was forced to retire with his knee injuries. Uh, and we'll have a piece this weekend with him, a big, a big interview. And yeah, I mean, it's tough for anyone to handle and... Everyone has their own personal experiences of how they get through it. As you'll read with him, he's handled it really impressively and maturely. But it's just frustrating to have it taken away from you in that manner and not have the chance to to probably do what you could have done on the rugby pitch. And certainly there was more left in Navidi. So wish him all the best. Absolutely. There's life after rugby. It's not the only thing in the world, but I'm sure it's, it's tough to accept. Yeah, absolutely. And we do obviously wish him all the best with whatever comes next. But we're going to look ahead to the URC now. So first up for the provinces, it's Ulster at home to Edinburgh tonight. So a win of any shape or form will see Ulster secure second place. And even if they were to finish level with the Stormers on points, they'll be ahead of them on matches won. So Edinburgh down in 12th, have only won six league games all year. It's just a good opportunity for Ulster to finish the regular season on a high at home. You can't miss this chance. You really can't. It's, it's teed up perfectly. And the reward is so big to have a home potentially have a home semi-final after a home quarter-final it's massive if Ulster get this done well then they're they're going to be fancied to get into a, a final and that would be 
pretty remarkable given where they came from at one stage this season it looked like it was all unravelling didn't it a really bad run of results the form just wasn't good at that time and you weren't sure what was going on with, with that squad and, and why it dipped away so drastically but they've recovered they've put together good results and better performances with loads more scope I think personally to to be better again and there's a very settled look to their team as well they've got kind of consistency now in selection having maybe not had that at times in certain positions particularly but you can't see them missing this opportunity and if it does it'll go down as one of the the biggest botches because everything's in their favour Edinburgh have not been good this season and as you say are well out of the running and, and very little to play for apart from their pride which will of course be a factor and also with everything to, to, to grab and to grasp you'd imagine they'll have a, an excellent home crowd as they always do up there and this should be the start of a, a playoff run for them really A reminder that the 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundee Motors whether it's luxury cars seven seaters for a growing family or making the switch to electric find everything you need at dundeal.ie Tomorrow Leinster go to take on the Bulls and Leinster as we know already have top spot in the bag so the big incentive for them this weekend is to keep that unbeaten run intact they they won't want to head back to Dublin as the group that lost this in the final weekend but it's a big challenge this one Bulls are down in 7th looking to win and qualify for the Champions Cup and again a young Leinster team hooker Tyke McElroy is making his first Leinster start Alex Soraka comes into the second row for his first start of this season and then in the back row James Gohan also making his first Leinster start so just what an opportunity for those guys It's really exciting a couple of debuts off the bench as well in, it'll be Liam Maloney and Conor Tiernig as well Le, Timmy Lissisi is set for his first appearance single of the season so it's the, the conveyor belt keeps rolling here and Culhan is a player we know with major potential. We saw him for the Ireland under-20s. We saw him for emerging Ireland, really put his hand up there. And this is his first start, as you say. It's it's going to be thrilling to see how he goes against a, a big physical team at altitude. Leinster handled that really well last weekend and that's the sense, the excitement to see them play again. These players who haven't had as many opportunities but look as comfortable and efficient and intelligent in the same setup as the really experienced guys. It all comes so naturally to them, doesn't it? Some of the tries they scored last weekend, some of the plays, just beautiful stuff that illustrates how cleverly they're working on the training ground and how everyone is really cohesive and aligned. So I, I can't wait to see what happens. Around the unbeaten thing, obviously like that's a massive carrot for them and it would be such a cool thing to have at the end of a season if they, they win trophies. But I personally don't think it's it's not a massive um, failure if they don't continue that. Like, what they're doing on this tour is really clever, really valuable. Even the fact that the coaches aren't there this week, the senior coaches aren't there, aside from Sean O'Brien, who's the the contact skills specialist. He's heading it up, he's leading it. I know you were chatting to him about it, Kieran, and I'd be interested to hear what he kind of had to say, but I think that's smart, with a couple of the academy coaches and Aaron Dundon and Simon Broughton there also get an unbelievable experience it's just another illustration of how clever this organisation is and um, in terms of the personnel it's going to be really thrilling but what did you make of of Shawnee's chat as the the main man earlier this week yeah it was interesting he, he's he's in an interesting position because you're kind of still trying to work out how much he he, he wants it and how how much he's enjoying it and how he's finding it. We know that he's not really, hasn't been involved all the time on match days throughout the season, but over the last couple of weeks and months, we've increasingly seen him 
in the coach's box and having more of a presence on the pitch before games even and that all just kind of suggests that actually he's getting bitten by the bug a little bit and this is something that he's enjoying and wants to really pursue so it's a huge week for him and like I know you guys spoke about it in the pod on Monday but it's the type of thing that Leinster just do so well not only are they bringing these young guys through all the time but like they're pushing coaches as well and they're really trying to get the most out of guys and test guys early on in their careers because this is a very early in Sean O'Brien's coaching career it's only his first year working with Leinster already he's kind of standing head coach for the week so yeah it'll be fascinating to see, to see how he goes on that One other thing obviously that stands out from the team is that Jason Jenkins isn't there he travelled over I don't know if he's gone back or if they're just going to let, let him sit in the stand but I think there was a bit of trepidation probably amongst some of Leinster fans seeing him go over there and the fact that he came in to add to the matchday squad on the biggest occasions like Toulouse next weekend with his ballast and probably off the bench if, if they continue with Ross Maloney and his excellent form alongside James Ryan but that'll be a relief that he's not going to be exposed to to what would have been a, a kind of dangerous game in terms of him playing against the Bulls where he, he previously was himself and would have been obviously out to to show a few people what level he's got to with his game but that's um, that's great that they'll have him and everyone else who's been back in in Dublin working away towards that Toulouse game we don't we don't know the injury situation with a couple of them but they'll be in good nick because they didn't just keep the the 15 starters back there they kept a, f- a few more and I'd say they've been working real hard and will be nicely fine-tuned for that Toulouse game which I know I'm excited about this weekend but that Toulouse game is going to be a whopper yeah, we're all looking forward to the Toulouse game, but to be fair, the Slenster team are doing a good job of keeping us entertained in between. Um, Munster are next up on Saturday. They go to play the Sharks. And Munster, obviously, they just must have been buzzing through this week after that Stormers win last weekend. And if they win again tomorrow, they can stay fifth and qualify for the Champions Cup. A losing bo- bonus point would probably also be enough. They've just got one change to the side that beat the Stormers last week. It's Finney Witchley in for Orgy Simon, who we knew was going to miss out as he completes the return to play protocols for the Sharks they basically need to win and then hope the Bulls or Connick slip up so it's kind of a, one of these games where there's a lot of moving parts in terms of league positions and where you are on the table in Champions Cup qualification but Murray last weekend was so good for Munster such a positive day for Munster can they do it again as they head back to the scene of that really painful Champions Cup exit a few weeks ago they can if they play in similar fashion and if they have such defensive grit and if they maul as well as they did if they take their chances from set piece like they did at times and generally just be so abrasive and combative and composed as they were in, in the Stormers game. It was such a contrast to the Sharks game in virtually every way, even the, the third quarter and how that went for them and how they won that passage of the game and, and didn't look back. So it's good that there's continuity in the team. I'm really disappointed that Snyman isn't available because I thought we saw real glimpses of his class last weekend but it's exciting to see Edwin Adogbo back in the mix as he recovers from injury like what an exciting player at 20 years old and having showed against big South African side particularly that Bulls team earlier in the season how physically he can he can mix it with the with the best really so that's great to see Keith Earls winning his 200th cap as well is, is some achievement and he's you know again he had the impact off the bench last weekend he looked sharp despite his long time out of, of of action. So there's loads of reason to to be confident. And we did chat a good bit about it on the Monday pod for, for subscribers. So we're going to hear from Birch here, who actually felt like that Stormers win was the very best of the Graham Roundtree era so far. 
this is the result. This is the performance I thought we would get in the in the Champions Cup match against the Sharks. Uh, I, you know, I I really thought that they would have brought you know brought that type of performance against the Sharks. Obviously, they didn't, which is, it happens in in sport. But I think it was brilliant because it was probably more than likely they were going to be able to do it against the Stormers, who are a better side, I think, than the uh, than the Sharks, or certainly a better form. And the fact that they had that letdown, um, you know, could have damaged them. But I think what the senior players and the coaches were able to do to to get that performance uh, out, and obviously, you know, RG coming back and um, was he had a big role to play as well. But I think as a playing groups, Archer. Archer was, you know, outstanding. Um, their scrum had been very poor. Their scrum looked like it was vulnerable against uh, against the Stormers, but it wasn't. Um, their maul was excellent. Um, their ability to to attack off a maul as well, obviously for the daily try, um, to exploit that blitz defense that's very narrow um, and always looks like you have, to, you, have, you have space, but a lot of teams can't get there. Um, but they had the skill set to get there and then finish. Um, there's so much to like about this much of the performance and I think it's, it's definitely the best result of the around Triera and um, when the chips were down you know they got it done but they were going down to South Africa you know in a really precarious place in terms of qualifying for, for Europe and they've got five points you know which is absolutely massive so I think it's it's pretty to see it's pretty to see them because like to be honest like I actually felt you know, December, January, you could, it was really, things were changing and then obviously they just had that little blip, second half against Scarlets, Glasgow, um, Sharks was pretty poor in the Champions Cup but they got back now and they have a real chance of, hopefully they'll just build on this now and obviously back it up next week in Durban, this week in Durban and, and go into that URC and get, have a right cut off it. So, uh, yeah, I, I was really impressive and, and brilliant to see to be honest. Brilliant to see even, Con, you know, Connor, they made a big call as well, even Joey out, um, and it worked. I mean, Healy was Healy had a massive role to play, you know. Uh, and yeah, there's there's just so much to like about what they did. Obviously, the Joey conversation, you know. Uh, obviously, he moves back up one uh, next year because Ben Healy's gone. Um, we just hope that he can really, you know, there's, there's hardly a player, particularly a ten. There's no ten. Jack Rowdy hasn't had this yet because he's so young. But there's probably not a ten who hasn't had a period where they struggled or were being written off um, and the really good ones bounce back from it and, and get through it and I just hope Joey can this could be like uh, something in four or five years time he looks back and says oh it was a make it up yeah consistency has been a bit of an issue for Munster this year so I think we're all kind of interested to see if they can finally just go out and back up a big performance with another big performance it's going to be fascinating to see how they get on um, Connacht are the last of the Irish provinces out this weekend and 7.35 kickoff away in Glasgow so there's a lot that can happen before then and the good thing for Connor's perspective is they'll know exactly what they need by the time they take to the field so there's a potential scenario where they might need a win to keep themselves in the top six or a defeat could see them drop down as far as eighth where they'd be looking to challenge Cup Rugby next season but they're not going to know what they need or what they're playing for un- un- until it comes around to kickoff really but look the what we can talk about already is that they've got a few early setbacks. So no Mac Hansen and no Bundyaki are the are the big news in terms of um, the team selection that's been announced. They both miss out with illness. And this is just not the news you want heading into a big game where Champions Cup qualification is potentially going to be on the line. It's sure not. And both of them were excellent last weekend. Bundy with his best performance for Connacht. 
maybe all season longer, maybe even than that. He was really focused. He was really confrontational, really accurate in what he did, skillful as well. Hansen had a phenomenal first half where he was just in everything. Had a couple of errors in the, the second half in the tougher kind of conditions, but um, we just know how important he is for, for Connacht. So they're two major blows. The the positive side is that Carl Ford has been playing really good rugby at number 12, and he was probably unlucky to miss out. And I know Bundyaki's a line, and that's a big thing to say, but, but Ford's been excellent, so he comes back in. Byron Ralston, we saw strong glimpses of earlier in the season, but he's just back from injury and replaces Hansen. And there's two other kind of injury blows in, in Dermot Kilgallen missing out again. You get John Porch back into the team, though, and, and he's been just such a key man for, for Connacht for, for several years now. And Jared Butler is also missing, so they kind of rejig the the back five of of the the scrum, and and Dara Murray comes in on the bench, which again will excite lots of the fans. So it's probably an illustration that they have a bit more depth and they can cope with these things well. But you'd be lying if you didn't say losing Bondiaki and Hansen in particular were were huge for this game because. As you say, we're not sure exactly how it's going to unfold. And it is in their own hands. They probably don't need to concern themselves with that as much. Just go and win and they'll finish in the top six and they'll get their Champions Cup qualification. So it's a credit to them to have put themselves in this position given the woe and dismay and concern at the start of the season when they had that tough run of fixtures. Now they're, they've put themselves right back in. And I think it's been really impressive even managing a period where there was uncertainty over the head coach, uncertainty over the future of several players, and they they rode that. They they didn't quite fully wobble. They they managed it well and they got everything back working in the the same direction and it's been really impressive the last few weeks. So you can only hope that they'll continue in that vein. Glasgow have a, a good team out as well. They're they've gone pretty strong, so it'll be a, a really brilliant game to finish off the weekend. Yeah. And the Ireland women, of course, also in action tomorrow, welcoming England to Musgrave Park. It's it's pretty widely accepted that this could be a very difficult afternoon for Greg McWilliams' team. You've got two teams with very different objectives. England looking to win a fifth straight Six Nations title. Ireland looking to avoid the wooden spoon, as it is. England have already hammered Italy and Wales, who are two teams to both beat Ireland comfortably enough. So nobody's really expecting Ireland to get anything from this game in terms of points on the board. But what are you hoping to see from them just in terms of performance? That they don't make things easy, that they don't give England a leg up to use the undoubted quality they have, that they don't concede sloppy penalties that aren't completely forced by intense pressure, that they don't kick the ball away poorly or that they kick to, to find space and turn England at times, that they you know are accurate with their, their ball handling and don't turn the ball over to allow England breakaway scores that'll, that would see the scoreline rack up. And like... I know that sounds very unambitious. I also hope to see Ireland have a go. Like there's zero pressure on them. There's young talent in this team. There's a class opportunity for young players to play against the very, very best. And and that is something to, to kind of be grasped. Obviously, it's going to be a, a big England win. There's no other expectation. And that's the reality of, of the situation. But it's still an international test. You're, they're still playing for Ireland. There's still massive pride there for, for the players. And I know for a fact they've been really, um, they've been really pissed off with with a lot of the chat around this fixture. They know they're not favourites, obviously, but they have great pride in going out to to represent Ireland. And I hope we just see 
you know, good aspects in their performance, that it's not all completely one-way traffic um, and that they, yeah, they make life difficult for England and scrap for everything and make them get frustrated and flustered potentially. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very tough day ahead, but we hope to see glimpses and glimmers of Ireland progressing on their journey. Mm, that's it, because as I say, we know there is talent there, so hopefully we can start to see a bit of that coming to the fore a bit more. But look, we'll leave it for there for now, Murray. Thanks a lot. Cheers, enjoy the, the weekend, enjoy Waterford on Sunday. Oh, hopefully. I'm I'm not confident, but we'll see how we go. Murray will be back with Gavin Birch on Monday, but until then, enjoy your weekend and we'll catch you soon. This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. Driver's got names for filthy double barrels He spits out, grips out, only smokes carols And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit, you better hear it and fear it Oh, that's the spirit Saying sister, sister, how I miss you, miss you Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of a whisper If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land Driver's got names to fill two double barrels he spits out, breaks out, only smokes carols. And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit. Mind, body and spirit, you better hear it and fear it. Ah, oh, that's the spirit. Saying sister, sister, how I missed you, missed you. Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of a blister. If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about those boys in the better land. The boys in a better life